Hello and welcome to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcasts. We Ain't Got No History's one and only Chelsea podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow Chelsea uh, supporter, Ram. Hi, Ram. Long time no here. <laughs> yeah, long time no here. Um, hopefully things get a little less hectic personal life-wise after, after this month. And then we can get back to doing regular podcasts every week. But yes, good to see you. More importantly, good to see you today after we've beaten Morecambe. Yes, sir. It's might have only been Morecambe, but it was an important win nonetheless. And something that we haven't had for quite a while is a guest. And we did have, or we, we tried to establish that we have more guests from the community, not just like, other podcasts where they have some kind of Chelsea personalities from Chelsea Twitter, which is also nice, but here we ain't got the history. We have a brilliantly huge and fun community, and one of its most prominent members is the Seal. Selen, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> Especially after the Academy Day, in quotation marks. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yes, I mean, let, let's let's drive straight into this. Um, okay, yes, we we didn't necessarily get our academy day or the one that many would have hoped for. Um, a lot of players were in training with the lads this week, um, like a Lewis Bate uh, or Sunset Bell, if I pronounce that correctly. But um, we got the win. Uh, I think that was what was necessary. But what what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, were you happy with the way Frank Lampard lined up today? Would you have wished for a bit more youth involvement? Let's start off, of course, with our guest sale. What 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 were your thoughts on the game today? Uh, to the shock of all, I'm sure I was pretty disappointed. Uh, I think the build up to the game was. We were hearing reports about people training from the youth team or uh, development team. You're in the first team in training and they're all looking rosy for some debuts and whatnot, but um, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, I'm of the belief that we would have won this game, even if like Bate or Livramento had started. At least having them on the bench is what I, what I would have wished for, but didn't work out that way. And yeah, the win is good and it's good to be having some people scoring again after a long time. So that's, yeah, I know what you guys think about the youth thing, but uh, for me, it's, 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 uh, it should have been more. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. I think that sentiment is echoed by quite a few people. I mean, to be fair, uh, if you're in that kind of position, it does make sense to go all in on a game and winning convincing man. I think that we did today. So, yeah, I mean, Ram, as Mr. Mr. Academy, Mr. Youth himself, what, what do you think? I don't think I'm Mr. Academy, Mr. Youth himself <laughs> these days. I am more of Mr. League One and League Two himself. But, um, yeah, it was very disappointing, especially given all the hype that Louis Pate, Libramento, Andy Lawrence and Jude Sunsepel were all involved in first team training. So was Marcel Lewis, but 
you know uh i don't i don't know what to say i just uh, kind of when when carefree youth tweeted a few emojis yesterday i kind of figured it would be something disappointing today yeah but but um it's uh it was pretty baffling to be fair i'm not gonna lie but then also this is a byproduct of two prominent factors one is lampard is in job preservation mode it's very clearly in job preservation mode we needed a win today which could not be sacrificed at any cost which is why he played a strong team and the other thing is we have a very big squad with players that may have been unhappy given that they are in a possible state of unrest at this moment in time according to media reports and things like that um editry the lampard was having problem problems keeping everyone happy in a large squad see you someone might say we don't have enough squad depth in certain positions but then on the other hand we have a lot of senior players people like rudiger and jorginho um and okay i mean don't 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 kill me for saying this but we probably shouldn't be having three strikers all of whom really need to play even though jiru is really good i'm just saying from a squad management point of view it becomes pretty difficult for the manager so you know that is the reason why it becomes tough to have academy days like this when you can just load up your subs bench with kids when first teamers are fit so yeah given everything and given there might be unrest in the dressing room because of a bloated squad lampard hack i feel as if it was kind of forced into us he was forced into playing this hand today and the same reason why he left left it so late until bringing anjoran on which was infinitely infuriating but it's just yeah we we seem to be improving in our recruitment a little bit but overall squad planning wise we're still not there we should have really trimmed in the summer and we are suffering a couple of ill effects and hence ends my monologue ah uh, well yeah <laughs> i think that's the problem isn't it i mean as many of us were already talking about that initially um we had a great summer in the transfer market but that our squad was a bit too bulky uh or bulkier than we would have wanted it to be uh, that was a concern and you know you can never make everyone happy in a normal squad uh, well size wise now but um as it's a bit uh, saturated with defenders for example but defenders that we don't really need you know uh, we haven't always defended well in recent weeks but you know there's no point in having too many i mean uh, the the problem is now for example with fukao tomori who thankfully came on today and i thought you know i i just like i just like his is his is swagger on the field i really do uh i don't know why he's not in front of andreas christensen there wasn't falling out or some kind of incident with frank lampard you'd expect because otherwise derby season of the pl- uh, a play of the season last year would be playing <laughs> more than you'd expect yeah. uh season of play yeah. <laughs> so that that that's a bit weird um but you know he came on and i mean they 
game was done anyway when he came on. But still, it was nice to see him in a Chelsea shirt. Maybe for the last time, you never know. Um, it's it's quite interesting to see that, you know, initially when we had Frank Lampard come in, it was all, you know, nothing, nothing really gave one of the impression that he would be like a, for example, Joseph Mourinho that has his favorite players. And, you know, you can, I, I'm, I'm very much for Lampard staying and I'm very glad that he got that win today. But, you know, you, ha- you have to be able to also say a few points of criticism against him. And one is that he has his favorites. You know, that, that is unmistakably the case. And you can make an argument for every manager having his favorites. That makes sense. But Frank Lampard was absolutely convinced that he wants the players to play on merit and that hasn't always been the case in recent times and um, that's something that might be detrimental to for example the uh, future of a Fikal Tomori at Chelsea if really if it really is the case that he has some attitude problem maybe we we don't really have the insight in that I'm not sure but it's 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 a shame let let, let me underline it like this it's a shame Shame that Fikel Tomori seems to be leaving and isn't given more of a chance while we still have defenders like an Antonio Rudiger or an Andreas Christensen in the squad. I do rate Christensen, but it's not really working out as well as you one wanted uh, after several years that he's had the chance. So, yeah, I think Fikel Tomori should be given the benefit of the doubt in front of them, but maybe that's just me. Um, generally, though, you know, as Say already said, most important takeaway from him today, apart from winning, goal scorers, well, goals were scored by people that really needed him. And yeah, uh, I mean, Say, do you think this will restore the confidence in the, in the team of Werners or in, in Kai Havertz, for example? Oof, um, hopefully. But then again, it's we faced a division division four team, so I mean maybe it's just getting back that scoring touch or whatever feeling that you can you know hit the net. Um, I don't know. You, you often talk about goal scorers needing that easy goal for them to then be able to kick on. But um, yeah, so hopefully, um, I just want to say regarding tomorrow there that he's not one of those that hasn't been on loan. I think he was on loan like two and a half years or something and played. I don't know what you what you can say, Ram. But yeah. I think he played a lot of games. He did, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, but it's a weird one with that. And Christensen, we're talking about. But sorry, I'm going off the, off the question a bit here. But uh, Christensen, no, please do, please do. Yeah, he's been like, oh, like potential for so long now, and he hasn't really realized it. Uh, besides that, half half year under Conte, really, it's been hasn't really worked for him. And I'm, you know. I'm I'm here what you say. I hear what you say because Tomori hasn't really done that much that much wrong really. And uh why he's ostracized from the squad, I don't know. And one can make the argument that maybe he shouldn't have played today because he will be cup tied if he's loaned, but uh, yeah, maybe he's gone, I don't know. But yeah, getting back to the scores, it was great to see Havertz getting one. Um I feel like that was like his I don't I'm not pretending to be an expert on him, but uh, you know, making a late run into the the box at a Lampard and scoring from a header was was great to see and 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 Werner I, I don't know I feel like he missed a couple of good chances before his tapping I don't know I, I saw on Twitter that someone said that his confidence will be restored now when he played pretty well 
like in the minutes immediately after the goal. But then it was like, and I'm not sold on him being sole striker, so maybe I'm a little bit biased too. But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they regain confidence, anyways. Yeah, the sole striker problem that he isn't mm. a sole striker. I mean, <clears throat> it's become painfully evident. You did say, uh, I don't know if you agree with me there, Ram. That it's kind of square pegs and round holes. Um, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner aren't being utilised as they should. Whether Lampard actually wanted them in the system he's trying to play, I don't know. There's been lots of discussion this week. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, but yeah, how are we going to get the best out of them? I mean, today is only more kind with all due respect to them. Yeah, make sure you provide. Make sure you pay them adequate respect because they're doing well in League Two. Not anyway, I forgot who I'm talking with. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think Werner. Wait, sorry. That that was the question, right? <laughs> um. He's. I I don't. Yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know if he could actually work as a lone forward in the Premier League. And if he does, I just, given the way we play, we really need someone to retain the ball in the final third. Like Abraham. I mean, ideally Giroud does it really well. If we had like a cross between Abraham and Giroud's hold-up abilities, we'd have the best striker suited to our game ever possible. So, yeah, Warner doesn't exactly do that. And I kind of anticipated us becoming a very balls-in-behind, runs-in-behind kind of team when we signed one, but we haven't become that. So it's uh, if the team doesn't adapt, then the player needs to be played somewhere else. So somewhere, somehow, there's a, there's a square peg in a round hole thing happening here, which is not ideal at all. But that's it's kind of around Lampard, because... Werner playing on the left is just not as good as Hudson Adoy and Ziak playing as wingers. And if they are playing as wingers, I think so. Ideally, I think our team is just most suited to a 4 4 2 diamond or a, like a natural 4 4 2 with a, someone like Ziak and Hudson Adoy providing width and Werner playing off someone else. I don't think the 4 3 3 with Warner on the left works much. I think he could score some goals and be functional as a lone forward in the Premier League, but that's just, it's not getting the best out of him. And I suspect this is what will happen. He'll just end up sharing time with Abraham because Lampard will probably realize he can't keep leaving Hudson and I out forever. So my my entire take on Warner and Havertz is it's just Lampard really needs to start out how to play with all of these players because this is the bed you made uh, you decided to get these players this summer so i mean you pretty darn well ought to have had a plan for it and i don't it's like six months in there doesn't appear to be not six months but four or five but there doesn't appear to be a proper plan to fit these into chelsea's bus squad I mean, Havertz, Havertz getting into the area today later on in the game was very good. But is he going to be used as a deeper eight going forward? 
is he actually going to be used as a second striker or something? Is he going to be pushed up that much forward in the Premier League? I don't know. So hopefully these are things Lampard thinks about because it just, I mean, you, you started off with Werner over here. So I digress, but I don't really digress because the issue of where Werner plays just ties into what the winger combination is and what the midfielders behind them are because the balance of our squad just feels very almost too fluid at the moment. There are just too many players who can play too many roles, which is a good thing when you're playing football manager, but now it's not as good. So that's what I think. It is, it is nice that he scored, though. Hopefully it gives him some confidence, although I just I feel as if he won't have that much confidence scoring an easy goal against Morecambe. It's almost like, an, I wouldn't say a non-entity, but on the ball, like when we're attacking, he's not providing anything really like retaining the ball or hold up play or something like that. And when we don't play, as you said, in behind, which is his game, uh, with a lot of spacing behind, you know, it's it's tough to see him starting for me because I've, I feel like we need the presence of a proper number nine, quotation marks, in Giroud or Ab- Abraham, but... Uh, yeah, and the left and left winger. I mean, he scored some goals early on, but when he doesn't score, he doesn't provide a lot besides that to me. Mm. And you know, lads, what really is a bit mind-boggling to me, what I don't quite understand, it has only been for a few minutes every other game, is that when we have had two strikers on the field, it hasn't really been Timo Werner, but it's been Olivier Giroud and Tammy Abraham, as was the case today. Um, of course, today, as said, it was a dead rubber uh, at the time when those changes uh, happened. But um, still, you know, if we're going to play with two strikers, then why not try at least with Timo Werner and whomever? Uh, personally, I think it will work better with Olivier Giroud. But uh, I get and so I know we, we had a, a coming together <laughs> <there. Yeah. laughs> about Sorry, that. No, um, no uh, it's, it's you know it's all a good discussion. It's opinions. Uh, it's opinions. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's it's all a game of opinions. And I mean, for me, it would be Giroud. But for you, Tammy Aaron, I don't actually care at this point. I would just like to see Timo Werner be played in the way that he was played at uh, Red Bull Leipzig, because mm. no one can tell me that our scouting department, one of the best in world football, if you ask me. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it has been dodgy. Are you like, sure about that? But I thought, I thought in recent times, you know, more than not, rather more often than not, has been good. You know, apart from that one summer which was atrocious, and McLaughlin is not good. I get that, but uh, otherwise, I thought, you know, like the 2014 summer. And but I digress. The point is here, yeah, that our scouting department is a professional scouting department, and they will you'd expect have watched as well as Lampard will have how Timo Werner and Kai Havertz were utilized in the German Bundesliga. And I will never ever argue that I'm in any way an expert or have in-depth knowledge of how to analyze a player's game and can tell you how he's best utilized. Only the way I, in my opinion, would perceive that as a layman. Yeah. As a, as a normal football fan. But you you can't tell me that not even as a layman, you can see that they are not being correctly utilized at 
the moment this system and it's robbing them of confidence uh i'm not really putting much trust in this these kai Havertz unhappy already and wish he wouldn't have come crap uh pardon my french uh it's it's, it's just i i think just that we have to start thinking about building our team around this new crop of players instead of building them around well i don't know you know i i, I said in a other discussion i was on the other week i'm i still really can't see a system that we're really playing you know some kind of a system that even though i would never want him at chelsea for example thomas tuchel has or uh jose Mourinho even has it well, agree or don't agree with how jose Mourinho plays but he has a tactic he has a game plan that's not something that i really see with frank lampard you know and as said i want him to succeed desperately i just think he needs to figure out how this these proper players play correctly and with a certain style fast because not everyone's more come in the in the premier league uh to be exact no one is and with all due respect once again so that ram <laughs> is not offended we're gonna have much much tougher days ahead already with fulham on friday so i don't know it's think something has to change um even in that unbeaten run you know it wasn't against top tier opposition uh if we can get another win against Fulham, we might start a, a run. But when things are going better than it have, they have been, uh, hopefully soon, then that's the exact time where Frank Lampard has to implement something for long-lasting success. And I don't know how he'll do that or which tweaks he'll do, but he has to do it very fast and build on the success that today that, that we had today. I, yeah. Uh, what do you think? I said I'm gonna let Sale go on that one because I, I don't I haven't I haven't I haven't heard his opinion on like Werner and Havertz in a bit. So <laughs> uh, I think my opinion of them. I mean, I'm also a layman in football terms. I I cannot tell you what tactics we should be playing or whatever, what tweaks we should be doing, but. Like you said, Jimmy, it's, it's obvious that we should be doing, Lampard should be doing something that's different because we've been doing the same thing. I think that the game today was basically the same, the same tactics that we've been like doing the last last month. Really, it didn't Which look is any better. Yeah, it's it's it, you know it worked against Morecambe, like with all due respect again, Ram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It worked against them because they're, you know, we're we're much better. We're way more talented than them. And uh, but regarding Werner and Havertz, I feel like we got them. Maybe not because Lampard explicitly wanted them, but you know, when we could get them, I think this summer, not a lot of clubs had a lot of money, and we could get them. So and they're very talented players, so we got them. But I don't think that Lampard like told Czech or Marino, whatever the board for transfers. Like, mm. get me those guys, because it doesn't feel like, like you're saying, it doesn't feel like he has a plan to play them. Uh, and and when, he, like, when he plays them the way that we're doing right now, it isn't playing to their strengths at all. And um, hopefully tweak something. I don't know what he will do, but hopefully he does something. So that's my take on it. Yeah, hopefully. And I was just wondering, 
So, okay, as as a as a thought experiment, what do you think is the best way to fit them into the side? And more, okay, fine. Let let me let me see what you say then on the basis of that. I may have a couple of questions that I'm thinking of. So go. Um, I I I would place play uh, a presence up front, whether it be. Jude Abraham, or maybe even Havertz as a false nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to utilize Werner, it's got to be like a big man beside him. I think that's obvious. I think mm-hmm. that's what everyone thinks. And Havertz hasn't been, I think you can see the talent, but I think it's like, I wouldn't say a step slower than, than he, like he looked in Bundesliga, but maybe the pace is higher. Maybe he has side effects yeah. from COVID or whatever. Um, but you can clearly see the talent he has, and maybe it should be utilized further upfield. I don't know, but how we should implement that, I don't know, because I really like Mount, and I don't think he would work in a pivot, like in a 4-2-3-1. And so do we take Mount out of the side and get someone like, I know Rice is being touted as a new signing, but um, I would hate to see Mount being left out, so... I mean, play play Havertz further upfield. Have Werner if he's gonna be playing. He he's, he can't be like the sole striker. He needs to have a partner in crime or whatever up front. So that's okay. So you've got like a you've got like a small trio of Havertz playing further up front with Werner. And I, I think he, uh, yeah, I think Kai strength is 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 in the opposing. He, you know, he makes good run good runs. I don't think he he's not that dribbler. He, he's he. I mean, he's got the pass on him, but he he seems a bit conservative. I feel even today, like, not with his passing, but he made some good runs and he wasn't really found early on in the game. Yeah. Uh, particularly one with Mount. I feel like Mount should have played him in, but he turned back and shoots another pass. But I think he makes good runs. Mm. But he isn't, like, he's not going to beat people by dribbling. He's not that traditional 10 in that sense. That's uh, right, he's... that's right. So he can play further upfield, but... Um, He's all about movement, and I think that, like, if you played Werner as a nine and Havertz as a ten, then that would, you know, in isolation, that would look good. But what do we do with the rest of the team then? Because yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's it's a conundrum. I don't know. It is. It is. It's a very difficult question to answer because mm. if you have, I mean, if if we start on the basis that Werner needs to be played in a two, then you would have Havertz and then you say Havertz is best played as a 10. So you've mm. got three players in your attacking band sorted out right there. Another striker, Warner and Havertz. And then the question comes, how do you fit Mount, hudson Adoy, and Ziyech or Pulisic yeah. in the same side of that? <laughs> yeah. It's an incredibly difficult thing to even envision. Maybe, I mean, Mount has to be in the side, let's just say, for now. Um, oh, he's going to be, anyways. Yeah, he is going to be. Yeah. So, then the question is, how many... Do you play two wingers on top of that? Because then your team becomes incredibly <laughs> top-heavy. Yeah, no. I mean, Ziyech is pretty good, and hudson Doy is also um, becoming pretty good again now. Yeah. So, and Pulisic uh, uh, showed during Project Restart that he's... The capability of being one of the best wingers in the league. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's all right too. He just has to kind of stay fit. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, American yeah. hamstrings. 
respect them. No comment. All due respect. It was a joke. Nah, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> it's, um, so yeah, I just think that our squad planning in general has been incredibly poor because, Jimmy, we've made this point since like what, July, August, ever since mm. the talk of signing Harvards came about. So it's um it's it's all it's all pretty weird. So anyway, um can I just make a hot take here? Uh, oh yeah, no, sure. Go because on. the thing is what I've actually come to believe is that even though Frank Lampard really likes to play his double eights in this kind of a system, I get that. Yeah. Whether that works or not, I'll 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 leave it there. You know, it can work, it has worked, but recently not so much but it can work again okay what i'm trying to say here is i have the feeling that kai havertz and mason mel as one often saw today they don't work together hmm. if you have a mason man on that field kai havertz seems redundant when kai havertz has the ball mason mount seems somewhat redundant i don't see the point of playing the two together I'm not saying that they are very similar players because they do have the differences. That's obvious. Um, but I just feel I was I was trying to put, have a nearer look on Kai Havertz's body language today because mm-hmm. even though he has a very stoic um, appearance, you know, a facial expression at times. Which, <laughs> yeah, that is so German. I can tell you, um, <laughs> it's very much visible in his body language that he became frustrated today at times, if you ask me. I see. And often when Mason Mount, I think Sale already mentioned it, had the ball and Havertz was trying to make some runs in, run-ins and there was one in particular in the first half where he was pointing put it here, Mount just turned off and then passed it sideways again. I, th- I'm not, I'm not Criticizing Mason Mount here because I've already said very often in the past how much I love that lad. He is Chelsea through and through, and I'm very happy that he plays as often as he does. I'd have rather had him not play today, despite him being his birthday, because I think he's the one player that, when overused, his performances drop drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, great goal he scored. He scored a great goal, no problem. But. He, it just isn't seeming to click between him and Havertz. And there were several times that there was a pass that would have been on. And I would never put it past Mason Mount to see that pass. But he decided against it. I don't know why. It would have been more risky. But Hakim Ziyech today as well, he did try. But because Havertz was more on the right and Ziyech tries to whip them in. Sorry. Um... You know, from from the right, uh, crossed them in uh, with his left foot. He doesn't really find Havertz as much, and but the opposite side. So he there was some great interplay, you know, cross field balls to uh, Callum Hudson Doyle, but not really with Havertz. So he he was left isolated at times. I felt, and now the hot take comes. He only actually started to play really well and was found once Mason Mount left the field. Hmm. that's where he then got a few good chances uh, or at least half chances uh, with his runs and he then eventually scored his goal maybe I'm simplifying things too much but this is just my personal subjective 
observation from today's game. And when he wasn't found, Havertz was frustrated. You could see okay. it with his with his shoulders, um, you know, drooping down to just it's it, it just felt very tangible that he was frustrated uh, when Le Mace Mount didn't decide to find him. And yeah, it would be interesting to see a stat how many passes the two uh, share between each other. But um, I mean, passing to one or the other. Um, but interesting. The thing interesting. is, I just feel as if the chemistry there is kind of off what 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 do you guys think so you think mason mount and kai havertz can't play together i'm glad you think so because this means bye bye kai havertz anyway (laughs) (laughs) well depends how long lampard still have courage but yeah (laughs) Uh, no i think um i think while you've raised a good point i just feel as if there's a there are not many tangible ways to evaluate it yet. I just... So, I mean, Havertz kind of had a run out of the side with COVID and everything, and then he was just playing out of form. And they haven't really... I mean, they had a couple of good games together playing in that 4C3. But then after that, things were very disruptive. And I think today was the first time in a while that covered. I mean, well, that Chelsea have actually won a game and they've played with reasonable fitness in either of them. So I just, I think that in general before, um, well, obviously you raise a good point, but to to kind of evaluate the counter arguments to that, I feel as if we need maybe a few more games worth sample to determine mm-hmm. whether Mount and Havertz really don't work together. Because they have worked together and then there were like major disruptions and neither of them were really playing well, nor was the team. So it's kind of difficult to judge them in isolation when the team in general was playing like trash, which they were for the last four or five games. So it's just, it's difficult, I suppose. So, but it's something, I think it's something to definitely keep in mind uh, the next time we have we have a podcast because maybe... They would have played a couple of games in a 4-3-3 together by then. Because I don't think Lampard is going to ditch that anytime soon. He's going to try his best to make it work. I just kind of envision that happening. Mm. But there is um, there is something else that was some something else on my mind that I wanted uh, your opinions on. And we will discuss that after a very short break. And welcome back. And, well, basically, I was watching the Morecambe game today as all of us were and it's um for whatever reason and Jimmy we've talked about this before but Callum hudson his well his return from the Achilles injury and obviously it was it was a while ago more than a season ago now but then his gradual re-transition back into the first team has perhaps made us appreciate some of his other qualities now seeing as he didn't immediately start off by being as explosive a player as he was earlier, and how we have become accustomed to appreciating a good progressor of the ball from wide areas because of the Ziyech. My theory is that we are able to appreciate what Callum hudson does apart from just carrying the ball and shooting from the edge of the area. We're, we're able to appreciate his ball progression, basically. 
through passing a lot more now. So I just want to know if you would agree with this and also more importantly, um, would you agree that Hudson Adoy has been improving a lot in the last five or six appearances of his? And while we may have established that he's the closest thing to Hakim Ziyech that we have in the squad, is Hudson Adoy on form our best winger at the moment? Or is it Ziyech? And in any case, what would your first choice front to be? Um, well, for, by front two, I mean front two wingers. So, yeah. Um, I can say with happiness that I think Callum has been our best winger in the last five yeah. or six games. I don't know that why he hasn't played answer. more. That was the only correct answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, good. <laughs> uh, no, he's been having a great couple of games. I don't know. I, 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 I do, do hope that Frank starts him against Fulham because he fully deserves it. Um, he's you know, our most informed winger. Um, and I honestly feel that he should have been starting against Arsenal or City as well, but uh, he didn't. And he just continued his rich vein of form today. Even though it's more calm, it's just, it's, um, I think, like Siyash, uh, he's been struggling with fitness a bit, and I think he looked great today, but he, I mean, he can unlock defenses. So if I'm going for a two, I think I would go Siyash and Callum hudson Adoy right now. But I mean, it's tough to leave out Pulisic too. But yeah, that's yeah. the two I would choose <laughs> right now. Yeah. Okay. I would have Pulisic well, from the bench if hudson Adoy isn't working out, I think. Yeah, there, there are... Very, very. I mean, Pulisic is probably the best winger to bring on in the Premier League at this moment in time. He's just that good with his direct carrying ability, in my opinion. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, but he he, yeah. he hasn't he hasn't been. Um, he he's looked good, but I feel he should have have had more impact on the score sheet these last couple of games. He had he has had chances and he's played pretty well, but he hasn't just had the output to show for it, whilst Callum, in his limited time, uh, has actually produced. So, going yeah. by that, I would start him. He has, right yeah. Good, I like that. Uh, Jimmy, is that Sonoroy our best winger? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> form-wise, I feel inclined to agree with um, Selen. Uh, I do think that he is currently our best informed winger. Um, Ziyech, as integral as he is to this side, you could still see today he was a bit rusty. He put in some great crosses, but then there were just as many that were not good, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's fine, you know. He has been struggling with injuries. He also um, kind of reverted to vintage Hakim Ziyech by, you know, shooting mm, a lot. So, <laughs> that was yeah. Like, there was like one shot which I thought, ooh, that was pretty good. The others were, eh. Uh, I think that one of the pundits said it quite uh, fittingly that, you know, if this would be top or peak Hakim Ziyech from Ajax, he would have probably at least uh, brought that on goal. But more more often than not, because I don't think he actually ever tested um, the keeper 
in the way that he had to make a save. But still, you know, it was it was promising, and I, I'm not gonna put him down for that. But you know, he still needs a bit to maybe get up to full fitness. Christian Pulisic is a most explosive wa- uh, winger. I love his directness, and he hasn't been, you know, as in form as he was last season at, at the back end of last season where he was basically carrying this team uh, in a way which was very vintage Aiden Hazard. So that hasn't been as much apparent this season. Um, but he, once again, he's been struggling with injuries himself. So it's not, you know, it'd be tough on him to really fault him for that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, Callum Hudson's always certainly earned the right to be playing on merit. If he does not start on Friday, then for me, if it hasn't been clear up until now, then it is crystal clear that this thought of, or this promise that Lampard made that players are playing, will only play on merit, which is basically gone down the drain with the whole team of Verne saga on the left wing. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, that that's just not the case. You know, let, let, Let's not kid ourselves. Even those that are his most ardent supporters, you know, come on, don't kid yourselves. As any other manager, he's got his favourites and that's fine, I guess. But, you know, then again, it isn't because Callum Hudson's always has to be playing now. He is our most informed winger. So play him. Yeah, he's up for it. He's been having some good numbers come up. Goal today and I think even... Does it count as an assist that first goal? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. So on my book. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, you just. I think someone said there's a swagger about him before. Uh, someone said that before. So he has a swagger around him. It's just the way he carries the ball. Brilliant, you know. A bit slower than, or not as direct as Christian Pulisic at times. I feel, but uh, and he made a bit. A few times he made the wrong decision. He should have cut it back, but he didn't fine you know that happens uh mm. angles of course but yeah he's sorry long story short yes yes he is our <laughs> best winger at this moment in time that's what i like to hear um another kind of well it, it's it's worrying uh me by now given we've had almost a year and a half of frank lampard what are our tactics it's a it's a deep question, maybe even a philosophical question. Um, but I don't, I'm not able to identify what our tactics are uh, to a to a detailed extent. Obviously, this may be because I'm no tactical connoisseur. But it does it. Am I the only one who thinks we are heavily heavily reliant? on crossing the ball and if if this is indeed the case will it work with playing Timo Werner up front <laughs> that's uh, I'm, I'm if, firstly I'm not I'm not sure how much I like crossing as a primary strategy but I am very interested to hear what you guys think of it um, especially given this is us after like one and a half years. I mean, yesterday I was watching Plymouth Argyle versus Huddersfield Town and Huddersfield were playing with an an entire squad of kids. But, you know, they were playing a certain style 
that the senior team also plays and those kids were just playing that exact same game different different players but same roles that is not the sort of feeling i get when i watch chelsea very weird analogy to make i know but then you can tell the difference between a team that plays a clear system and one that kind of doesn't and chelsea feels like one that kind of doesn't still so yeah selen what just what do you make of that and what direction do you see us taking can i ask a counter question to that because i don't really remember how lampard played at derby like could can you could is he trying to implement something indeed there or like can you he, see any yeah he 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 basically played the exact same way just he started off playing a very very it was more idealistic i guess there was a lot of high pressing there was a lot of ball possession since then he's become slightly more direct and i mean in recent times slightly less gung ho with the pressing but yeah there's just there doesn't feel like you know that that additional layer of tactical refinement like an organized press or like attacking patterns outside of outside of Reece James overlapping Hakim Ziyech and then crossing into the area that's what i feel is missing at the moment so would you would you agree with that i mean he has yeah. changed something since derby but essentially it's it's kind of the same yeah i feel maybe we're a little bit hampered by not having uh, like having Pulisic fit or Hatsadoy playing because I, f- i feel like it's a lot of getting people into positions and then they're not able to beat their man and then we just have to recycle back again and like do the thing same thing again mm-hmm. so what what has been happening is that we've been creating chances by not people like taking on their man but rather as you said by a overlap or underlap and getting the ball into the box and that's pretty much it um <laughs> I don't know uh, like I felt last season when we played with Barkley and Mount as now eights granted it was limited only a few games but uh, I feel like it looked to be working pretty well but it hasn't been working at all this season and I don't know if it's a diff- like the new personnel that isn't you know in tune with others like the Kai Havertz and Mount not working mm-hmm. together perfectly mm-hmm. or um having ha- Werner play left winger essentially means that we don't have a left winger we have someone that can be a fox in a box but not really provide anything else from the left mm-hmm. similar havers like when he plays on the right he has hasn't been taking people on he hasn't been he has been making runs and he has been retaining possession but haven't really threatened that way and i don't know i i it's tough to to try to say what he's trying to do what the system is more than it's playing with two weights but it and pumping in crosses basically but if we're doing that i mean it's not working because we, then we need to play either Giroud or Abraham for starters yeah. um but i i i hope it will look better when now now people are getting back like Hudson Odoi is on form Pulisic is uh, healthy right now Saiech is back as well i just hope those well, like two of those three just roll on the wings because then it will hopefully make us look more friendly but ultimately i think that we're relying a lot on on individual brilliance rather than as we said an idealistic tactic yeah that's working it. and creating chances for us so i don't know yeah that's 
that's exactly it, isn't it? That that's kind of what I was getting at. That we're still relying a lot on individual brilliance. I'm not sure that's the best thing. So, I mean, Jimmy, after we've after we've said all of this, um, where where would yeah. you where would you place Lampard tactically? If if I were to say that he's tactically still pretty underdeveloped, is that something you would agree with? And is that something that you think is going to hamper his chances of staying in the job? And do you think it will be long before we look like Huddersfield Town? Or are we going to keep <laughs> relying on individual brilliance? Um, yeah, it, it, it does seem that way, um, that we are relying on that that spark, that individual spark of a player to just, uh, you know, get it get something out of nowhere when for the entirety of the game we haven't really been penetrating you know it's great that we have a lot of possession but then again a lot of the things that we had last oh actually it's not last season anymore it was already two seasons now ago with Maurizio <laughs> sorry um that you know we weren't really penetrating with a lot of uh, the ball was recycling the ball and a lot of sideway passes you know I might be wrong, but for example, today you saw again, we do that a lot ourselves, you know, a lot of passing from the central defenders, uh, not as direct as we would have wanted, or to be fair, that we have been doing uh, earlier in the season and for parts of last season. I don't know. It feels very inconsistent tactically. I don't know if that's about uh, because of a inexperience on Lampard's side or any other reasons or that he's just trying things out um and I might be wrong of course but it just feels as if there there needs to be more consistency and also Lampard has to actively do something his in-game management hasn't been on point for me uh, you know you can't disagree with that but I thought in our last defeat against Manchester City you really saw that quite evidentially where Pep Guardiola was whacking out orders the entire game long and Frank Lampard was just basically had his arms folded and head down often. Well, I don't know why, um, but he was out tactically out Fox there and that happened has happened more often than not recently. And he's still got a lot to learn. You know, he's one of the brightest footballers around. You know, in our last few decades I, i've rarely met a footballer that is as intelligent as frank lampard is you no know, naturally intelligent for example juan mata was one other um he's not your average footballer but that's why maybe my my expectations of him and adapting are all the all the more higher you know and it just feels too rigid at times too stubborn and that stubbornness served him well as a player, really did. But as a manager, you have to be a bit more flexible, in my opinion. And he hasn't been that. So I don't know. He, I think he does have to well, get a Huddersfield style. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know how to otherwise say. But it's you, it's yes, not enough for that's, us. To, that's a good way. Yeah. It's not enough for us to just constantly try and cross it in. And when we did have Giroud suddenly those crosses at times just dry up. But then yeah. again, when we have Timo Werner, then they're flying in. I mean, of course, that's easy with Reese James, but it doesn't make sense to me. 
And, you know, if anyone does make sense out of that, then good for you, but I can't make any. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. That's, um... Yeah, that's... It's a... It's a... It's like... It's like going in circles beyond a point because Mm. these things probably develop pretty slowly, but then... Yeah, I just... I just want to see some... All I want to see are some patterns of play in attack. And I thought we were getting there against Burnley because we went there with a very clear solution. But yeah, that's just kind of been missing for a while. Anyway. Can I can I just ask, like, how much of a yeah. disadvantage do you guys think it is that this season is compressed as it is with the fixtures coming thick and fast and us having a lot of new players and not having a preseason? Yeah, um, actually... I find it very interesting that you ask that because I want to kind of bring all of these factors into what I was going to ask you guys next. So we, okay. will take, we will take another short break and then I'll get back to this pretty serendipitous intervention that Salen just made. So welcome back. And now as um, I will continue to ask Sale, who's probably living at zero degrees Celsius at the moment. Just, I just felt yeah. the need to mention that. I uh, hope you're doing okay. Uh, I just... Um, so, we haven't been on a very good run of form lately, and that there have been rumors of squad discontent, blah, blah, blah. It's basically like, um, f- for anyone who's watched the Powerpuff Girls, it's like that professor adding a bunch of ingredients and then adding chemical X. It's the same way. This is the This is a recipe for tabloids and rumors and stories coming out of club brief sources or player brief sources like The Athletic saying Lampard is on thin ice and we did have an identical piece from The Athletic saying uh, Lampard's position is tenuous, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, I feel as if it's kind of besides the point that the actual article in itself didn't really tell us anything that we didn't know. I just said that the board had a succession plan, which literally any board in world football worth their salt will be doing. Um, but the question is, we, I think among the three of us, we're all pretty happy to be lenient with Frank Lampard and give him time to build and do what he wants, unless things go catastrophically wrong. But what, <laughs> given given our recent run of form and given just gentle strains and the fact that there are many things about the season that are different than last season. What exactly is just as another thought experiment? First, I'll, I'll ask Sale, do you think Lampard is not very nice? And if he is, hypothetically, what is your breaking point? For example, losing five out of the next 10 games, let's say. Um, is, is is there a situation this season, a realistic situation in which you see him sacked? Because at the end of the season, he's got one year left on his contract, I think. So uh, it, it's uh, as much as I hate, hate to talk about it, it's probably pretty practical to talk about it as well. So yeah, just, just to have a kind of, a mild discussion on what you think Lampard's position is at the moment. What do you think? I was just going to say, I hate to talk about it because, yeah. you know, 
lampar in hashtag. Yeah. But yeah, but um it might actually be one of those if our league form isn't improving and continues like it has been, like we haven't beaten a top side so far this season. Um and when Champions League comes around, I think that it might be like the Andre Villa Villas Boas losing the first leg heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be triggering attacking, which I hope to God it doesn't happen. But if if we continue not playing well in the league, I can I can see it happening. But I I yeah. I, I honestly hate to talk about it, so I, yeah. I will let Yimi talk more about this. Yeah, I I I respect that, especially when it's heroically Celsius. Um. So Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, given given all that all that said and said, and I mean all, all that I said before that, do you, I mean I guess we can at least come to an agreement and say that Lampard's position isn't very comfortable at the moment. But um, what 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 Saren alluded to before we before we took the break, in so far as saying that we have new players, this season has been like no other season that has preceded it because mm-hmm. there are far more fixtures to play in a much longer span of time and there is a reason such as COVID-19 which could have a player out for a couple of weeks and then taking some time to find his bearings again like Havertz did. So how much do you think that will play as a factor in evaluating Lampard's performance so far this season? Because he's a the fact that we are like eighth, dallying around eighth and ninth in the ninth, table, yeah. mm. ninth. Um, given the season is kind of, I think it's over forty percent um, completed. It's not great given we want to complete, uh, we want to qualify for the Champions League. So it's just in general the season has a very unconventional feel to it, and the league table looks like that as well. With you know like Aston Villa yeah. up there. So, and Southampton up there as well. So, just how less just, surprising, just, but yeah, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, hasn't helped. Team hasn't helped. So, Absolutely. is um, is any of that going to be like a game-changing caveat? Do you think is it would that would that drastically change the way you view Lampard's performance at Chelsea so far? Or just what do you think? I mean, the thing is. This 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 impediment of COVID isn't just something that's affecting Chelsea. I think we forget that everyone yeah. is struggling with it. So everyone has the same circumstances saying, yeah, but we had to fight with COVID. Yeah, like the rest of the league, you know, it's it, the, that that circumstance, of course, has to be taken into consideration. You see it in the results. You know, it's crazy this year. Uh, lots of teams are struggling, which were impeccable last year. Man City yeah. has found its swagger now, so I think they will be the team to beat. Um, but you know, it's it's everyone has had problems. You know, Kai Havertz, it just kills me that he was starting to really, uh, sorry, uh, to really shine, and then he got COVID, and now yeah. see, you know, he is a very young player, but he is struggling because of the effects. You know, he is a professional athlete, and it is. Been known that if you are a professional athlete and you know that is 
quite a you know a, a strain on the lungs as it is if you have to deal with the effects of COVID, that can be pretty pretty damn uh problematic or difficult um for a while so all that has to be t- taken into consideration but once more it's the same for everyone and I don't think that Frank Lampard would ever be a person who would say at the end of the season, yeah, but we had to struggle with COVID. That's not him. He, you know, one thing you can't fault him for, he doesn't really make a lot of, of uh, excuses. Barely ever, you know. Um, so. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. Like the COVID mm. reason, I don't think that's a valid excuse. I, I like, like you said, everybody has, has to deal with it. So that's not. But but I, I was trying, like, the lack of preseason and new signings thing. I think that's honestly a legit. That it's uh, that is. not an excuse, but uh, maybe explanation. Uh, of course, yeah, uh, I agree with you fully there. And um, to s- underline how important today was, you know, or to underline how much Frank Lampard is actually aware of his current situation. You know, he says, you know, he's always under pressure and all that. That's fine. He has to say that. But I do believe he is feeling the pressure because otherwise he wouldn't have fielded that kind of a team today. And that seems kind of obvious, yeah. I might even say. You know, you don't feel that kind of a team if you're not under pressure. And the hierarchy will have told him as much. I don't think he's in imminent danger, but as Ram, you already said, he loses his next four out of five games, for example. I'm pretty sure he might actually be gone. And yeah. whether or not we agree with that, that's just the way Chelsea have had success in the past 20, not, not quite 20 years. So, or at least under Roman Abramovich. So agree with that or not, that's the way we've been going forward. It would be a huge hit to the this this development we've been undergoing, this project. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, we have to be very careful not to let past sentiments of, our best ever play arguably cloud yeah, our yeah. judgment, you know, mm-hmm. at the right time. I want Frank Lampard to succeed as much as anyone else, but just fanatically saying, no, he, he's not allowed to go. If he loses, let's say, as I said, the next four out of five games in the Premier League, and we have already, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, lost the last four out of five games in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Then that would be eight defeats in ten. Not yeah. no coach in the league would survive that because yeah, we would probably right. be in relegation form. Then no, yeah, yeah. it's not probably we would be, and that then you know I can't I can't really put it I can't really fault the board for that. Then again, you see with Arteta now they were all calling for his head. He has to go now. He's suddenly winning games. I mean. Pretty typical that is us that jump-started the, the resurgence. Yeah. That is so Chelsea. But anyway, um, suddenly everything's clicking. So that same thing can happen for Frank Lampard. There are pro and cons to this. It's, I think you can't, we, one can't really come to a, a final solution here. Yeah. No, I get you. So, well, just... Quickly, before we move on to previewing our next game, since we haven't really explicitly talked about it, just very quickly, um, Man City game, was it a big deal for you, Sam? Um, 
on the back of the bad results, then kind of, I guess. But I mean, my city uh, has found their form. As Jimmy said, they have been playing well of late. And yeah. um, that first half, I mean, they were just we, like, it was like Chelsea versus Morecambe, more basically. <laughs> yeah, it was. And um, I mean, we, I feel like we're getting used to losing to City. So it wasn't that big of a deal for me. It was mm-hmm. worse to lose against Arsenal and and Wolves as well, I guess. Even though it was, well, yeah, Arsenal was worse, way worse than City. So City is just losing to City. Is there's, there's no shame in that. I think they're they're a very good team and they're way ahead of us uh, in terms of um, playing together or having their squad settled or whatever. But so it was City game wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, that's what it, it sucks to, to it sucks to lose, but it's you know. It's Man City, so yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah, so that that's where we want to be on the pitch strictly. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy, did you? I mean, were you very disappointed by that result? I, I, I was disappointed, but I also just kind of told myself that this is uh, we are nowhere near Man City's level at the moment. So it was it wasn't very surprising to me. Yeah, I think the. Any Chelsea fan that wasn't disappointed with that result must is, is kidding himself. Of course, you won't <laughs> be disappointed because one lost three one against Man City, and we've be actually been pretty good against them at home. We beat them last season. Yeah, twice the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. um, that is disapp- that was disappointing, and I think it's also the way we played, where you just thought, "Oh my God, this is actually already over." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And this, we're not going to get back into this. And the way we conceded, and it was just so reminiscent of old faults and I don't know, old patterns where you thought, wow, we haven't come as far as we actually thought we did from last season when we talk about going up against the biggest clubs in the Premier League. Because have we? Results don't say so. So that is, no. that is very worrying. And I think that's also something that the board will be worried about because fantastic where we ended up last season. Big, big, big credit to Frank Lampard for that. But, you know, that's that's worrying against the top six clubs. And that who do against Arsenal, I, I can't take that. You know, getting bantered by Arsenal supporters, for example, yeah. that, that's, that hurt even more than the Manchester loss. That was worse. That was worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely hurt, no doubt. And we should have done better. Consolation goal was good because it just showed that we are capable. But then again, people were saying, well, we played better in the second half. We didn't. Man City just, you know, went down two gears and they were just walking most of the time, really. And we yeah. weren't able to penetrate them even then, which is just no. leads back to the passing it sideways debacle. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it stung. It stung like hell. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And Chelsea's next match is against our rather friendly, innocuous neighbours who can't really harm us, um, even if they wanted to. But I'm not going to attempt fate, Fulham. Uh, apart from the days when Clint Dempsey scored 98 minute headers and then took his shirt off to celebrate wildly. I 
cannot remember being very bothered by Fulham in the recent past. Uh, for whatever reason. But we are playing Fulham uh, next week at Craven Cottage. No, just on the road from Stamford Bridge. Or so I think. Having been there a total of one time. Uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is on loan at Fulham and cannot play because of the because of the loan clause. Uh, Ola Aina is at Fulham and will probably play because he has been starting a bunch of games for them uh, because of Kenny Tete's injury. But Kenny Tete is back fit, so Ola may or may not start, but he has been decent for them in, in the last few games. So it might be the homecoming for Ola Aina that we did not envision because moving from Torino to Fulham was a bit random, but it appears to be working out for him, so good for him. Anyway, Fulham... Uh, I must admit, I pegged them to really struggle this season because I didn't think Scott Parker was a very good manager in the championship last season. They had an incredible squad relative to the quality of the league and they just kind of got by on individual quality, in my opinion. But things seem to have changed. Scott Parker seems to have developed as a manager, which is good for him. And Fulham seem to be gaining some sort of stability and they at least don't look as hapless as West Bromwich have been in attempting to escape relegation. In fact, Fulham have two games in hand and if they get um I think if they get three points from those two from those two games, then they're out of the relegation zone as things stand. So uh, th- things are things could be worse for Fulham. They're still it doesn't mean that they're a good side yet, but things could be a lot worse for them. Anyway, they've got some very good young players on their squad: Tosanada Rabio, um, Ola Aina, Ruben, <laughs> Ruben, Ruben Montley, but Adam Ola Lukman, Andre Frank, Zambo, Anguisa, probably my favorite name in all of football, and. In gen- Harrison Reed, in general, it's it's an exciting squad that doesn't play incredible football, but manages to get by in the Premier League these days, which is fine. So uh, hopefully the bottom line is we should be beating them comfortably. Also, the fact that they're like I are younger siblings now, so we really shouldn't be getting beat. So, Salim, what what are your thoughts on Fulham, and how do you how do you see this one going? Uh, my thought is that we should have been playing them earlier in the season yeah. when their defensive frailties were so-so. <laughs> uh, they, they were really not good. In def- I think they actually played pretty well. Um, I, haven't, I, I haven't watched all the games, naturally, but the ones I've watched, I actually think they've been playing pretty well. But then they've been let down defensively. And yeah. in, these, in this last run of games, they've actually... I haven't watched them at all. But um, I figure their defense has been somewhat sorted out because they've been getting, resu- they've been getting results. And yeah. um, I think this, is, will be, this will be a tougher game than one would assume it would be if it had been taking place mm-hmm. like in November or something. Um, so I, I, I just hope for three points, really. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Jimmy, what about you? Do you think Olaina is going to score against us because that's just the way things are? Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, it perhaps to Scotty Parker that he has been able to find a little bit of form. But, you know, Fulham, Fulham have one of the weakest squags, uh, squads in the league. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, yeah. 
So anything else than a win here is unacceptable. And we are at a point where we could even start saying this is a must win. I mean, no one can tell me, yeah, you know, if we lose, then that's just part of the process. Come on. Frank Lampard (laughs) will be the first to admit that we need to win this game. And I agree. So the thing is, I hope that lessons have been learned and that we will see in the lineup and how we set up uh, some changes. First and foremost, of course, what we talked about, Callum Hudson-Doy being included. Um, If we do that, then, yeah, we should comfortably win. Let's be completely honest here. Um, I mean, they are not as good as some might think they are. Uh, I think that performance against Arsenal at the start of the season underlined that already very early on. Yeah, uh, lots <laughs> happened since then, but still, you know, we we have to win this. I don't think there's much else to say there, as that Chelsea with the squad depth that they have, with the quality that they have, and hopefully the confidence of at least a little bit after winning so comfortably and some ducks being broken, they have to win. Yep. Any scoreline predictions from you? Uh, 2-1 Chelsea I'd say I think we won't keep a clean sheet because that's just kind of where we're at again as much as it pains me to say but uh, yeah I I do hope that we win I think we have to so I have to go with a win (laughs) a winning scoreline yeah what about you Phil? I was going to say 2-1 as well but uh, I'll have to go with 3-2 instead (laughs) because I don't think we'll be keeping a clean sheet either Hasn't okay. been the case, so yeah. Cool. I'm going for 4-0, just um, for your information. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to be Someone's optimistic. optimistic. I'm going to be optimistic for no reason. So where's so, the Ola Aina goal coming from? Uh, I, um, he will score an own goal. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so not, not the best for Mr. Lulu, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still buzzing from the high of watching Plymouth versus Huddersfield last night. Uh, don't mind me. I can only imagine. So, <laughs> so uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of We and Got a Podcast. Uh, we say this. We we've been saying this for the last couple of episodes, but hopefully, it won't be very long before the next one. And I, I mean, at least from my end, Jim, I am approaching the light at the end of this very long tunnel that has uh, seen me not manage to do podcasts regularly. So hopefully, I, I hope it's the same with you as well. Uh, obviously, you you were uh, more flexible. Everyone should know that I have been, I have been the one holding things up. So um, hopefully we've, we've reached the end of that. And Selan, uh, this is your third fourth time on the podcast you're basically part of the furniture here now so yeah i've, I've stopped counting <laughs> so it's, it's a third it, yeah. yeah okay yeah <laughs> it was great having you back again i this is definitely not the last time you will be back so we will be seeing you again um thank you very much for for coming on and giving us your opinions as always uh Stay safe and stay warm in that sub-zero temperature. <laughs> so. It's not that cold, honestly. But, okay. I, but, but I'm happy to hear that you're going to be producing uh, podcasts more frequently going forward. Yeah, so, ah, yeah. appreciate it. 
uh yeah that's that's it from us at we ain't got no podcast um stay safe and we will see you next time and congrats kappa for 100 caps bye bye <laughs> <laughs>